Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> Dallas week, Dallas week, Dallas week. Okay, good energy. I love it. Good yeah, because we got it's Dallas week. Like I don't care. I don't care if about and many other weeks, especially when we're this bad of a team. Yeah. But for, remember when Dallas was one in fifteen? Their only win was versus us. Uh, personally, no, I don't remember that. Oh, okay, but, it was like yeah. I know about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I listen. I'm. I'm I think it is okay for us to, to get all fired up, okay? Well, you know, we've, we've been a little bit down. We've been a little bit out. We've been a little bit down and out. Um, let's, let's try, and, let's try and, and, and get things going, get a little bit of energy here. Um, this is the Cult of Cult. Thank you all for tuning in. We got Brian Savvy from Hogshaven. We got Gumby from... I don't know this podcast location in Gaithersburg, Gaithersburg. And we have a special guest this week. This is our very first uh, special guest. I, I think we'll plan on having more of them. Uh, Absolutely. Don't totally botch this thing. We're, we're really, we're, we're sort of going in. We're dipping our toe in the water. This is one where we really can't screw it up. I feel, um, I don't know. That's at least, uh, that's, that's There's a lot of things we can screw up. This may not be one of them. Introduce our guest. 
So we're lucky to have uh, from Fort Worth area, no less than 20 minutes from AT&T Field, which is where the Cowboys play, also Cowboy Stadium. My brother, Burrowman Chris, is on with us today. Hey. <laughs> Appreciate how's the, how's you for having Dallas? me, fellas. Well, I do live uh, 30 minutes from the shopping mall known as AT&T Stadium. Yeah. And as a lifelong Redskins fan, I do get to experience the Cowboys' terrible, terrible lows after a loss. And I get to wallow in my misery as the Redskins struggle once again. Washington this week. football team. Washington football team. Washington football team. I know. Gotta we're all, we're all trying to get used to it. I, I take it that that's not been received terribly well or even notably down in, in, in Dallas. I don't think anyone has said a single word. I, I do have hesitation about wearing a Redskins shirt just yeah. because you don't want, you know, the Karens popping out and saying, oh, you're insensitive. Okay. So here, here's, so you, let's, let's back up. So you are a Washington football team fan. You are currently down in the Dallas Fort Worth area for the last, uh, I'd say 16 years now, 16 years. And you're, you're still holding strong. Have you ever at any point been like, maybe I should, maybe I should just give in and, and, and be a, be a Cowboys fan. Not a single second. Did I consider Cowboys now following bocce ball or, uh, tandem swimming uh potentially and and not watching the Redskins it all weekly. just giving it all up but if i were to watch football it's got to be the washington football team washington football team yeah now before we continue with this line of 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 wonderfulness that's coming to us from dallas area yep stabby yeah what you drinking um well as we have previously established on this podcast, um, this is a team that makes us drink. And so just about every single week, we'll be, we'll be sipping on something special. I was very tempted to crack open the Dallas Sucks this week by Weyerbacher. We will do another as I well, tease this one. I'm going to keep teasing this until we find out. <laughs> um, I, I, I decided to uh, go a little bit of a different direction drink you know, I'm, a, I'm a big local drinker i, I love our dc maryland virginia breweries um i think because we're going big energy today we're going lifted we're going light we're we're keeping things fun and fun and and smooth and sexy um i'm Ooh. having the sorbet by aslin brewery from herndon slash alexander virginia my personally one of my favorite local breweries it is a very hazy very sweet milkshake ipa from aslan honestly probably in my top 25 beers i've ever had i just i just love it i just freaking now love it. I'm, I'm sitting here and we i can see you because we're doing this all over zoom yeah. it looks like milk like like beer milk it's so hazy yeah. that looks delicious it's i mean fantastic. that looks like something you could just pour on your body and then just loofah yourself up and make yourself feel nice and comfortable yeah um Highly recommended. If you ever get the opportunity to get some Aslan, I mean, you, you just got to do it. It's so absolutely, it's fantastic. Um, it looks like it looks like a meal in a glass. It's mm. fairly thick. It is incredibly thick, thick and juicy and hazy. It's good. I, I, These are all good words. I, I wanted mm. to I wanted to keep keep things light, get a little, <laughs> little hoppy, a little, little sweet, a little sexy. I, I mentioned sexy already. I think you did. Yeah, that's what we're you, doing. you can't you can't mention sexy enough. 
Okay. Well, that if if there's one thing that the cult of cold is known for, it's it is our sex appeal. So uh, that's that's our, our thing. Uh, so Gumby, what are you sipping on today? Well, so I, uh, as we've also established on this uh, wonderful podcast, is that I'm mm. a little bit on the Maryland side when it comes to things. Aggressive. Um, so. Aggressively so. <laughs> like, I, again, I'm wearing another Maryland shirt today. Like, it's, it's, I, I may have a problem uh, yeah. that I'm never going to change. So I actually found, it's called Field Notes. Oh. It's actually from Flying Dog. Okay. Now, what makes it really cool is actually it was a Maryland. tandem Maryland, a flying dog is one of my favorite breweries. Uh, I, it was a stumbling yeah. distance from my house when I lived in Frederick. Dangerous. Um, very dangerous. Uh, they even did like a reenactment of Civil War there one time, and I was just sat there. And I just did shots of beer and had a great time. Uh, but what Flying Dog did is they got with the University of Maryland, the agricultural school, and did a collaboration, and it's called Field Notes. And now it's a light, airy, pale ale. It's not an Indian pale ale, just a regular pale ale. Uh, it's not as hoppy, but it's it's nice. It's uh, I think it's only like around five five point six percent, but it's a very fluorescent, but also very goes down very easy beer. And so. it, it looks like uh, one of those you know Kevin Plank special Under Armour jerseys that the Maryland football team wear. It's it it leans in pretty heavy. Let me see. It's got the flag on the front and then also at the top. So it's probably what got at least half a dozen Maryland flags on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maryland, with, with the flying dog yeah, logos all over. Maryland, Maryland. Listen, I'm obviously biased. I think the Maryland flag is fantastic. It, I think a lot of people um, substitute having a personality for like, like, yeah, like Maryland flag, you know, and that was not a dig at you. As it was coming out of my mouth, I realized I know, it sounded like it was for a second. On your leg. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. No tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on, Chris, uh, what are you sipping on tonight? So as we are in the uh, Cowboys week yeah. and we're keeping it light yeah. and uh, in Texas. And what else are we keeping it? We're keeping it light sexy. and sexy. Sexy, yeah. So this isn't as sexy as I would like it to be. But in Texas, I can appreciate because everywhere is a beer store. Kids that sell lemonade in Texas actually also sell beer. So I have gone with the official Cowboys beer, Miller Lite, where they have taken what used to be a Des Bryant uh, imitation changed the 88 to double zero and they have out of laziness or maybe just being vapid kept the can so that after i finished drinking this very light beer with no taste i can crush it and throw it in the recycling bin in honor of dallas washington football team week it feels, and Des Bryant. It feels like like a bit of a metaphor like that there's something <laughs> there's something there you know like it's light it's fake it's like it wants to be something that it's not. Am I reaching here? I don't know. No, no, no not at all. That's Miller Lite. Yeah. Well, and that's that Miller Lite, and that's the Cowboys. That's, that was football. Yeah. Dallas football. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we're we're all properly uh, lubricated, as it were. Um, as as you may know, it is uh, it's Dallas week, and um, I think it's interesting because. Around these parts, I think Dallas week still means something. I don't know that it means what it used to mean. Some of it, in my estimation, may be, um, maybe some projection a little bit. It may be the idea of like trying to hold on to something that's no longer there. But, you know, it's, it's sort of your ears perk up. Your ears don't perk up for this, you know, for 
honestly, for like Rams week or Giants week or Jets week or uh, or any of it. Uh, even even Eagles week, you talk more about the fans than you do the team. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we it's it's interesting because um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the division. I think later on, just sort of writ large. But when you think of of Dallas week. Um, to me, when I hear it, it's like there's in my in the back of my head, and I, I know I said we we're keeping it light and sexy this week, but like sexy smooth, come on, like silk. I, I still part of me is like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like I I want it. I think to mean something. Um, do you feel that it still does, or is this sort of like a, it's a shadow of its former self, or is it somewhere in between? So it's absolutely a shadow of its former self because back in the day, I'm going to use the name and I apologize, Cowboys versus Indians. And it was the NFC. It was this powerhouse. And whoever went out of the NFC East had a really good chance of winning a Super Bowl or at least going far into the playoffs. So you had this powerhouse division, these powerhouse teams going head to head and two times a year, it, people, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for tickets. You tailgated for hours. It meant something. The moment whatever game happened on that Sunday beforehand, the at 401 if it was a one o'clock game or 402, whenever it ended, the rest of that week was dedicated to Dallas. Let's beat Dallas. Didn't matter the records, didn't matter what was going on. We have been so bad for so long, it really doesn't mean as much. Yeah. But in this area, and this means directly into the DC area, it still means a lot because we still have that that hatred for this team. That hatred for Jerry Jones, that hatred for what has happened in the past, and and the fact that they have all always had a little bit better record than us for a while now. Uh, my brother and I went to the Thanksgiving Day game in 2012, where yep. RG3 won, and it was bonkers uh, down Looking in Dallas. Up Aldrich Robinson on that bomb, right over the top. So so it's still there in this area. So, yeah, is it depleted? Absolutely. We need to have winning records. We need the NFC East to be better. We need to make it work. However, it is still Dallas week, and it still means something in the D.C. area. But the question we have is, does the Dallas-Fort Worth area feel that same way as we do, or is it just another week? And that's my question to you, Chris. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of us asking, like, well, what's it like in (laughs) Dallas? But, like, what is it like in Dallas? (laughs) I mean, I think in Dallas right now, there is just a lot of like looking back on the DAC injury. How is the defense performing? Their defense has been so terrible. There's a lot of pity for themselves. But as far as personally, there is nothing I would love more than to beat Dallas and go into work or talk to my friends and say, yeah, we got one on you. Because even the Eagles gave uh, the Ravens uh, a run for their money. And if you can stay competitive and you can be in there, the rivalry can heat up in a second. But right now in the area, it's kind of woe is me, but we can still sneak into the vision. And do we want to? So is it more about like, is it less about them caring about the rivalry and more about being sort of self focusing on what they are or are not like, is there, is there, okay. So you've spent time here and admittedly you've been there for longer. I mean, for the last, what'd you say? 16 years. Yeah. 16 years ago, 
this was a more, you know, Washington was a more respectable franchise than they are right now. But when you think about the buzz that you felt in the, the DC and Maryland area back then, does it compare recognizing that eras are different? Yada, yada. I can caveat it all I want, but like, do, do you feel as though there's any sort of like, do people, do people care about this football team? Like, do yeah. people, do people yeah. in Dallas care about the Washington? Do, you, are, are, do they? Are they? Is it just any other week, or is it Washington week? So obviously, when we were competitive and you had, you know, RG three tearing it up, there was trash talk. We were going back and forth. It was so much fun. The rivalry was on fire. Yeah. But at this point, we're kind of getting, we're kind of mirroring each other, except they feel like they're way closer than we are which they potentially could be because they had a quarterback. And now, unfortunately, I mean, for him, he got injured. But it is completely them being self-obsessed on the radio. It, when they lose a game, it's nothing, nothing has to do with the other team playing well. Like we, None of it has to do with we got beat in this area. It's our defense is terrible, our offense is amazing, and we lost the game. And so everything that you hear on the radio, none of it has to do with matchups. None of it has to do with the analysis of the game. All of it is it, our defense is a sieve, gives up more points than we can possibly score. And that's why we are where we are and what kind of matchups are the coaches making. And it kind of gets, makes me feel. And when I see it as to where the DMV is, is you start to see Marion Barber t-shirts on game day. Mm. You start to see, the, Ooh, he was so good. Yeah, I remember he's a guy. <laughs> I think of Marion Barber as a guy. I don't know how oh, yeah. feel about Marion oh. Barber in, in Dallas, but like I remember him being like, I, I would I would equate Marion Barber to people aren't going to like this comparison. I would equate him to Alfred Morris. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. don't like it. Oh, no. Who, who Gwen played for the Cowboys for years. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Unsuccessfully, but, but you when your team is fading and you start to see fans wearing just the stuff they have. Yeah. Not actively oh, pursuing. You mean like gear. our fans do our fans do exactly. it all the time. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. we don't even know what to buy right now, but let, let's not get into that uh, energy, energy and sexy right now. So, well, yeah. so what you're saying is, is that currently in Dallas, they don't give a shit about any chance of our robber right now. So it's up to us here in the DC area if we want this to continue to keep that energy going and make it a rivalry again by doing two things, one being true fans and making this worth something and two winning the game. Yeah, no doubt. That would make me gloriously happy and I would be able to talk so much trash. And then you really get to see who in the DFW area, who are the bandwagon fans because they'll say, Oh, well, we're just terrible at this, but the true fans you get to see that heartbreak on their face when I get to say, hey, we stuck it to you. We, were, we only had one win, and we took it to you on this day. And that, that's what make the fans are what make it a rivalry. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, these two franchises are, you know, linked in so many different ways. Um, you know, historically, just like the, 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 their founding, their ownership, you know, the, the Cowboys being – you know, one of the first to integrate Washington being one of the last to integrate. Like there's, there's like real true history, which as separate from on field stuff where, uh, you know, uh, all right. So for Washington, 
this is a rivalry, I think, his, when you look at it historically in the way that um, you're not going to like this, but like that Maryland and Duke were a rivalry or Maryland and UNC where it sort of fell a little one way because sure, were there periods of time where like our guys were the better guys? Yes. For the majority of that history, it's been, they're punching up. So it means more it's when slaying the dragon when, the, yeah, the, when you're, beating yeah, someone you're not supposed to be. I mean, the, the Cowboys lead the series all time. It's 73 wins for the Cowboys, 45 wins for Washington. And there are two ties. That you guys talk about that RG three game in 2012. Since then, Washington has won three games against the Cowboys. They're in the midst of a three game losing streak. There was also a four game losing streak in there. Uh, the longest winning streak for either team was the Cowboys won 10 in a row between 97 and 02. Washington, their longest, what do you think the longest winning streak is for Washington? Three. Three games. Three? It's actually four. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. all right. 86 to 88. So I guess they, they probably won one game each. That was the 87 Super Bowl team. So there we go. Yeah. So, you know, the fact is like, right now it is a fairly one-sided thing but that doesn't mean Very that it can't so. be like fun and aspirational i mean that's really what it is you, you talked about it chris like that's what it is to be a fan like it is you you root for something you root for a group of guys that maybe like maybe and there may be some like mental self-defense here like you lose like okay well we're supposed to lose but if you win it's like ha, yeah like you like you know you have slayed like, the dragon we pretty, slayed pretty the dragon you know and, so, well, and, and then the, if the we, games, if, the, the games are always crazy competitive. They are. So that's that's always the the win loss record's kind of lopsided, but you hardly ever get like a massive blowout. So you do get that opportunity to talk to a Dallas fan and say, if we hadn't, if if we lose a game and we say, oh, if we had had that one play, that guy was open and we missed him, or when we win, they get the opportunity to say, oh, but and you can point to one or two plays that was the difference. That's what makes the rivalry and makes it so enjoyable to watch and enjoyable to talk trash back and forth. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is kind of really what it's all about from a fan perspective. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we talk a little bit about the contrast between these two. And it's just so funny because you're right. Like they're both franchises that to date, like their best days are behind them by at least 20 years at this point um, <laughs> yeah you know but they're sort of still here for one another maybe not the cowboys thinking the same way but like it does sort of feel like something when you look at the sort of the current iteration of the team i mean it starts at the top with dan snyder and we've spent so much time talking about dan snyder so we're blue in the face jerry jones like you know, there was a fantastic, that fantastic piece in the post. It was about a year ago at this point, or like right around the time that, um, that Dan hit his, what is it? 20th season where it was sort of talking yeah. about how, when he came into the league, uh, like Jerry Jones kind of took him under his wing and he like really wanted to emulate Jerry, like wanted to be Jerry. And then, you know, sort of like how things have not frayed, but just like, it hasn't quite worked out that way. Um, and, you know, they've very, they've taken very much different tacks. And whereas, you know, J Jerry Jones 
kind of leans into the criticism and like doesn't shut his mouth. Um, Dan Snyder, you know, we've he's done what two press conferences in the last I don't know t- 10 15, years, 10 15, years, 10 years, yeah, 10 15 years. He, he doesn't so- answer questions, and it's it's very peculiar because from an outsider's perspective, a non not living in Dallas perspective, like personally, you know, we're not like the biggest Dan Snyder fans around here, but at the same no. time, like I'm pretty stoked to not have to like see his face all the time and hear his voice all the time. Like, would I like to get a little bit more of a pulse of like where his head's at on occasion? Like, yes. But I mean, Jerry Jones is like doing drive time radio. Like he's doing like sports talk radio. He's, he's, he's like, he is that team's mascot for all intents and purposes, you know? So it's just like kind of a very different vibe. Do people in Dallas like Jerry Jones? It's very, very similar to the Dan Snyder in uh, the DMV is they think he's the root of a lot of the problems and they're not necessarily wrong. Sure. But, yeah. but, but where I'll give him credit living in this area now is that he will step to a microphone. Now it might be all lip service, but when you have all these articles about Dan Snyder and the team and all you get is, uh, he responded with no comment. He's unavailable at this time. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones is front and center. And you know that the second the Washington football team starts winning, Dan Snyder would be the first one to be on radio, on TV. He'd want his voice heard. He would want to be the, the guy out in front. But the success hasn't been there for him that he wanted. But at least I'll give Jerry Jones credit. His decisions have led the Cowboys to where they are, which I appreciate because I'm not a Cowboys fan. But at least, <laughs> at least, at least, at least he'll stand up to it and he'll answer questions about yeah, it. Yeah, he like kind of he he owns it, right? He well every Tuesday, like literally figuratively, literally, yeah. literally and figuratively, he'll even after the Dak injury, the very next day he was talking about it. He was lip service, you know, it's unfortunate all the stuff that anybody would say, and then the very next day the head coach will come on and he'll talk. So you don't necessarily get answers, but at least you get some level of, co- of commitment, at least a commitment of time from the owner to the fans. Well, so did you listen to Jerry Jones talk this week at all? I did. Yes. So, so with the, the came out either today or yesterday that the players have been talking, the Dallas players have been talking behind McCarthy's back about him being just a horrible coach and how this is this is not the team. They're, the coaching staff is horrendous. They have no clue what the hell they're doing, and all the team is, is pissed off about this, and they want to change. What have you heard about that from down there in Dallas? I don't feel we just kind of hear the national end of it. We don't hear the day-to-day sports radio end of it. Where is this actually something? Well, unfortunately, the Jerry Jones interview is on Tuesday, and that news came out I think later on Tuesday than he was on the radio. Mm-hmm. But it was fortunate enough that it was Mike McCarthy Day old chatty Mike McCarthy. So Mike McCarthy's essential response was, I like to keep stuff in-house and I want everyone to be a man about what they say, essentially calling out his players and saying, come to me first. But there definitely is a lot of uh, infuting. And we had Mike Nolan. Yeah. We know Mike Nolan. We know that things can go awry real quick with Mike Nolan. So not real, not a real shocker. And a lot of... Uh, just kind of dancing around it and saying, I don't want this out there for everybody. It's funny because this feels the, the Mike McCarthy thing feels like very predictable to me. Like if you had told me 
when they hired him that at some point his players were going to like have a mutiny and we're going to be, you know, putting notes out to beat reporters saying that they think he's a dumbass. Like I would have been like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, if you told me take a couple of years, but yeah. Yeah. Like week six of, of their first season, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, okay, it seems that seems a little fast, but uh, sure. You know, what's, what's funny is that, so again, he, with the, with the Packers, one of the biggest critics of, of McCarthy was, was Aaron Rodgers, Right. And even Aaron Rodgers came out today and uh, quote unquote called the complaints from the Cowboys chicken shit and actually defended his old coach, which is just funny because of all the hate that was back and forth between those two. Yeah. They didn't like each other. And all of a sudden even him's like, he's like, it's kind of like the in-house thing where it's chicken shit. Don't, don't do that out in the public, go to your coach and be a man about it, which Aaron Rodgers, his credit actually did. Aaron Rodgers is also a bit of a shit stirrer, which I kind of appreciate. (laughs) I read something uh, recently that occasionally he, and this may actually be a direct uh, reflection on Mike McCarthy's coaching, but he would occasionally pretend that the microphone in his helmet didn't work. And so he would go to the line and call his own plays, which totally tracks because I don't think Mike McCarthy's a very good (laughs) play caller. I think he's like, as I've said, I think he's a bit of a, a dullard. Um, it, it is funny though, because, you know, we talk about the contrast and comparisons between these teams, you know, both of these squads, like with a coach in, in year one, um, had found success previously. I don't want to call, I will, I will call Mike McCarthy a retread. I will not call Ron Rivera. Oh yeah. I think there's a difference if it, you know, in terms of success and outlook and sort of overall prospects i'm taking the cowboys you know to date on a lot of things but i'm not taking mike mccarthy over ron rivera and no no doubt good amount of time in the last few weeks you know gummy you and i but i think just in general sort of talking about how we're perplexed and a little bit frustrated by some of the things that ron rivera has said and done but under no circumstances do i take the alternative if the alternative is mike mccarthy to continue with the excitement and sexy week, I want to say, yeah. and I'm just going to bring up this last week's game this one time. Yeah. And, and just, just to say, so sexy and exciting. I liked it. I liked the fact that he went for two. Me too. I liked the fact that they punted and were on the one yard line and Riverboat Ron said, do it. He said, let's go for the win. Let's, let's, let's change the culture. Let's change what this, this, this Jay Gruden way of, watching the clock and always watching the clock run out and not winning. He said, let's go for it. What is the worst thing that happens? We're in a bad division. And the worst thing that happens is next week we play the Cowboys. And if we win the Cowboys, we're still tied for the division. Right. So let's go for it. And they did. And if they had won, we would be here just throwing stuff. We're so happy for a two and whatever team. They're a one and five team. We're not as happy, but they went for it. They absolutely went for it. And excitement, I love that. I yeah, loved I'm, it. I'm, I'm all here for it. I really, I, you know, okay, well, rapid fire. Chris, yeah, go, go, go. Chris, if he had, if, uh, if Kyle Allen had, had run for it on the two point conversion, you think he would have gotten there? He would have been injured, but the ball would have crossed the goal line. Gumby, you think he would have got there? I think there's that split second, and it's, it's, if he just had gone for the corner, you see that split second. It's, it's not the pump fake, it's before the pump fake. Yeah gone for the corner i think there would have been a collision but i think he would have had the momentum and i think we would have had a two point yeah i think so too i and it's tough because like right now right now washington is one game away 
from being in first in the division. And they're also one game away from having the first pick of next year's draft. <laughs> Win-win. Yeah. So if it weren't for the, if it weren't for the jets, they would be tied for the worst team in the league, yeah. but they're also, yeah. Like Kyle Allen, second guessing himself for a split second. Um, away from having this be like a really significant game. And I think we, we sort of last week felt a little bit down on their, their prospects. And I will admit when Kyle Allen fumbled the football and now I can't remember what the defensive name, the defensive ends name was who he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last yeah. pick of the draft, picked it up He's and ran the it. Trey in. Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh God, like what a, what an embarrassment. I felt, I felt it was like, that embarrassment feeling, but they, you know, they drove down the field. They put themselves into a position yep. to win the game. And I, I love, I love that he went for it. Um, you know, like, can we sit here and say like, does it really matter? And we could, but no, I'm not, I'm not going to hate on him for that. I, I, I wish that I wish that Kyle Allen was a better quarterback, but like, duh, you know, <laughs> and, and look, looking at that decision, he made he made that decision to go for two, and that's the one everyone's going to focus on. But there were multiple fourth downs that he went for it and converted. Sure, there would have been times Jay Gruden just sat on it. Obviously, Mike McCarthy. So if you're talking about light and sexy, Ron Rivera's got it way over Mike McCarthy, who took a year off to study coaching to come back better and stronger. <laughs> right. So you got to respect th- the only reason that we were in the position to go for two at the end in the first place is because we sustained so many drives and he went for it on fourth down and was successful. So you can't be gun shy when you get at the very end, when you get down to the goal line and say, you know what I've been doing kept us in this game. And we're now right here on the precipice of possibly winning it. And then say, you know what guys, let's just, let's, let's just go to overtime and give it a shot there. Yeah. I've been pretty melancholy during a lot of parts of this season um, where it was like, eh. during that Giants game up until that punt, when, when that punt hit the one yard line, I was like, Oh great field advantage. And you see Ron go in and I felt like angst. I felt relived again. Cause it was like, I care about this down. It's been a while since I actually gave a S about this down. They get the down, and all of a sudden, I'm back in the game. I'm back in the excitement. And you see them keep coming back, keep coming back. They score the touchdown. They go for the two-point. Again, you're right. Kyle Allen pretty much should have ran it in and finished it off. But it kept me involved in that game. I didn't turn around and go make macaroni and cheese or call my friends and have like and, – and listen to it on the radio, which is a whole nother pile right now. Still um, have, I still have only listened to like one quarter. Oh, of gonna, so, gonna, listen, we're going to get point, to it. I'm going to do but, my homework assignment is going to be to listen to the, to the silk. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so, so that he about Ron brought the excitement back. He brought it back yeah. and that made me very happy. We lost what we lost trying to win. And again, I don't think we should win this year, No, but it's really hard as a fan watching that game for me to root against us. No. Well, and look has Ron. Okay. So really like, has Ron Rivera made at times questionable and poor decisions? Like, yeah. Does he deserve criticism for those decisions? Yes. Do, has he done a lot of things that are admirable and good? And does he deserve credit for those things? Like, yeah, absolutely. When he, when he does something good, he deserves credit for it. When he makes the game competitive, he deserves credit for it. Should they fire him right now because he's made some questionable decisions? Like, of course not. Like, of no. course not. No. And you know, like, 
we don't, we have, this is a team in Washington that um, doesn't do a great job of like letting people in. Like you don't really like from a fan perspective, I think these days, you know, they, they went out, they hired Julie Donaldson and she's sort of like been a a really good cheerleader sort of in the, let's not bring up cheerleaders this week. Uh, Yeah, that's seriously. Cheerleaders (laughs) and letting people in. Let's not bring it up this week. Yeah. That's still uh, going on. A little bit of a faux pas there, but uh, I mean, like it just, I, I don't feel like I really know this team as well. And that's part of fan engagement. That's part of engagement. That's part yeah. of like what makes being a fan of a team exciting. It's like feeling as though, you know, like the Capitals are really good at it. Like the Nationals are really good at it. Great at Wizards, it. not so good at it, but like neither here nor there. The Washington, and I get it. This is a team that has been beaten to death, criti- being criticized. We, we do it. Every, but like the natural inclination is criticism now some of that is a function of lack of success and so they i think are a little bit gun shy to sort of like put themselves out there because they're like you know like any t- you you ever read the, the 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 replies to facebook posts or like tweets like they're incredibly negative and i understand why i do but it's sort of like a chicken and egg situation where it's like okay you know if they start to win people will feel better about it and I just really wish that they could give a little bit more in terms of like, you know, having it be a little less. Um, I don't know if this is the right word, but like corporate, you know? So, yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. So in my head, first of all, for their, their Twitter account, I would love it. Whoever took over the Wendy's account for those two years yeah. to take over the Washington football team's account, because I would love to hear the comeback. Yeah. I think it would be hysterical. Why? Because I'm warped in the head. Um, but with that being said, I know you mean like a little more corporate, a little more answers, but the whoever's coming is negative. We don't want negative. We want answers. Yeah. It, but just, like it, it feels like a, no, maybe not corporate, but like a lack of transparency. No empathy, no empathy at all for us as fans. Yeah. Well, this is what we've been dealt with since 1999. Yeah. Uh, what five times we made it to we had winning records and we went to the playoffs and we lost a wild card twice in the last 10 years. Like as fans, we want to be fanatics. We want to be crazy. We want to wear the jerseys. We want to wear the hats. We want to be screaming at other people. We want to be down in Dallas, being able to yell at the Dallas Cowboy fans and tell them where they belong. The problem is, is that we don't feel that right now. I don't I mean, want to buy a jersey right now because it looks they're going to change it in a year, which they may or may not change. May or may not. That's yeah. not good for us buying stuff, you know. So you go around the Washington D.C. area, you don't see people wearing burgundy and gold. You don't see people wearing the hats. You don't because nobody knows what to do. Right. So you go to this Twitter account and it's someone being negative. We're we're trying to find a path, right. and we're trying to be positive. It's Dallas week, damn it! <laughs> we're trying to yeah, win. and and you trying know, to win. Maybe no maybe we've answered our own question about like, is Dallas week? Like, why do people still get up for Dallas week? Because it, it, maybe the answer is, is because it feels like something that you're supposed to get up for and people aren't going to be, there's sort of, sort of that, that veneer of, of negativity is like, okay, like, yeah, okay. You can be negative, but like, come on, like, it's just Dallas week. Like, you know, we get a, we get one, two weeks a year where it's like, okay, like I, I'm up. an old man on Viagra. I want to get up. 
I want to get up for this week. So let me do that. Don't yeah. get in my way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think when it comes to transparency, speaking on Viagra, when you know you've got it, when you know you've got it in the holster, you're very transparent. And that has to do with the Washington football team. They don't have the depth, so they can't be transparent. Sure. Why is now Everett at safety as opposed to Apke? You could say, well, one guy wasn't playing well, and this guy's going to step in and play amazing. Why is Haskins getting the getting put 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 the third, third string and Allen's in it? And and if we had the depth, you could say, well, this guy's legitly better. But I think what Ron Rivera is trying to do and attempting to be PC is he's trying to say, I'm just finding out who these guys are. But what I didn't like about the Haskins situation is things started leaking out nationally. Is that kind of like with uh, Scott McLuhan, the GM, well, all of a sudden with there are these Rudin with yeah yeah negative reports after yeah. a move is made. And so if you have depth, you can you can stand your ground and say, listen, this guy's better. Or you can say the guy that was playing is better, but he's not playing better than this guy right now. And we'll get back to it. But we don't have we don't have the players and the depth to do that. So when it comes to him explaining his decisions, he kind of has to saddle the fence and say, this guy's good and this guy gives us a chance to win and we might win this division. But in all honesty, we don't really have a chance to win the division. And we're just trying to figure out who can be players that will contribute in the future. Well, well that brings up another great point. Um, you kind of just broke down the team. We have these players who are mediocre or, or learning or young in this division. I, I want to bring that up. Yeah, division. NFC East. We are in one of the worst divisions of all time. Ever. Of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like we, no. we could win this division with a six win record. Like a, uh, yeah. What? Yeah. And that's so sad. We have the lackluster giants who, again, you know, we're, they're on the same level as us because they, they beat us by a point. We have the Eagles who are literally falling apart. Uh, they get uh, Sean Jackson back this week. So he'll be good for like, a half before you break something else at going top speed. Then you have the Cowboys who are falling apart. And so we have this division and we just went through the gauntlet of hell by going against all these teams that are so good. Um, yeah. um, so the NFC East is a pile. Yeah. We are a big pile right now. And for anyone to be like, oh, we're going to win this division. Great. We get a t-shirt that says division champions and we walk and, and, and somebody said uh, yesterday, I heard him talking about it with my friends. He said, well, you know, if we go in and we get six wins, we'll have the momentum at our back going into the playoffs. Whatever you got to tell yourself. Do, do you have the players? Well, that, right now, that was the, the NFC East is six fifteen and three against the spread. <sighs> Pretty tough. Well, well, that reminds me of something that Jerry Jones did say about McCarthy. He was trying to sugarcoat it. He did say, well, I'll let everyone know that McCarthy didn't make it to the Super Bowl uh, through the wild card round. Yeah, being whatever, nine wins, ten wins with Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. this guy is not a primo anything. But yeah. when and, Aaron he, Rodgers that, and Aaron Rodgers that year had a, had a very bad start, had an awful start that year. Sure. So, that, so, that was his relaxed year, I think. I'm part of me. Part of me. There's like a morbid curiosity. Like there has never been a division. I don't think there's ever been a team that's gone worse than seven and nine and made it to the playoffs. And technically, I think 
it, I, I read some if there is a scenario wherein the Eagles can win the division and go four eleven and one, which like hell yeah, give me that. I want to see that. Like I yeah. really want <laughs> like you know what? Like if you're gonna be if it's gonna be Ship Mountain, like I want to see the Kings of Ship Mountain. I really want to see it so bad. Like people will lose their minds, and it's it's funny because. Um, I don't know that every division has like a, a character to it. I think some of them do. Yeah, um, they do. I think, I think like, they do. Yeah. Like NFC West in my mind is like always a big passing division. Yeah. With um, San Fran. Absolutely. And yeah, like, you know, like especially sort of in the last 20 years, like since the Seahawks have started to be good and like even when the cardinals are bad then they like kind of bounce back you get kurt warner you get kyler murray like they're always sort of up and down i think the nfc east self-identifies as like old school smash mouth football and it's not really like even like no one really plays old school smash mouth well nfc east does that nfc north does that uh nfc south is the one where it's always been they've always been on the bottom uh but but to to under complete understanding of where we are is the nfc east Right now, I'm going to start naming teams. Name them. The Bears. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is the Bears who last year just fell apart. The Seahawks. Good, good defense, though. Good, good defense. So, Bears, Seahawks. You have um, the Chiefs, who are just magnificent. Let's be sure about the Chiefs. The Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. All of those teams have as many wins as the NFC East does right now. Yeah. Yeah, the no, Titans. It, it's really ugly. It's really ugly. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's just kind of like a morbid curiosity. I wanted like, how bad can they get? Um, it's, and it's, that, that's what happens when they have the inner conference, you know, you, every year in the schedule, you have a certain division that everybody in your division plays. And it used to be other divisions would say, oh, we got to play the NFC East. Like, you know, that's going to be a tough game. They're going to bring it. It's going to yep. be a battle. And now you're, you're sore uh, the whole week after you play an NFC East team, you were sore. And, and it didn't matter who you played. No, but now it's like, Oh, we have the NFC East. Well, there's a few dubs, but then everyone in our division is going to get those W's. So, yeah. and so it's all NFC even down here plays. And I want to make sure uh, NFC East plays the AFC North, AFC North, NFC West. And I think those are the only common opponents because like now with the schedule like every team plays like it's sort of like a mishmash the rest of the game yeah but yeah like if you're the Steelers or the Ravens and you get to play the four NFC East teams or if you're like the Rams the Niners like any of those teams in the West like I'm not gonna say that's four wins right there but you feel pretty good about going up against you're not scared no no not this year for sure so this is actually something that was, I think, um, you know, we, we do these, uh, SB Nation does these polls every week, and some of them are about, like, well, how do you feel about the direction of your team? And then there's usually <laughs> other, it's funny, because, like, there's a line graph, and I get to see all of them, and so it's always funny to sort of see the ones that just, like, bottom out. For what it's worth, uh, the Hogshaven readers still are about, like, if it's, it's a question, it's like, are you more confident, less confident, or the same amount of confidence as you were like a week or like, how do you feel about the direction? Good or bad. And so like it trends right now, Hogshaven is right around like 50%, which is 
Oh wow! Higher than I well higher than I would have anticipated based on reading the comments of these articles. Also, <laughs> you know, just like based on where things are. Well, I think those were more personally at uh, the the author of the articles on the team. Yes, well, <laughs> and and happy people don't generally comment. That is true. <laughs> That's true. They read, yeah. they read and move on. They're That's good. Right. <laughs> so one of the things that they did last year was they asked every one of the supplemental questions that they ask was which team do you consider to be your biggest rival? Okay. And so let me ask you, I'll start there. Who do you guys think is the Washington football team's biggest rival? For me, yeah, no doubt. If, if, If you had to choose, you can get a couple wins or a win against Dallas, Philly, or New York. All day I'm choosing Dallas. Dallas. That's interesting because I don't feel that way. Who do you feel is the the, the Ooh, rival? Okay. Who, which team do I which team do I get the most pleasure out of Washington? Oh, Philly. For you, it's Philly. It's, it's it is Philly, and some of that is a yeah. function of like living in like central Pennsylvania for six years and just like having to like be like yelled at by guys in David Akers jerseys. Like <laughs> it wasn't fun, but the fire yeah. in your eyes is amazing when it comes no, to that. I, I, I don't have a lot of love for the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans, but that's either. Yeah. I, I feel because <laughs> they, I mean, Eagles have been better than the Cowboys have been for the last, I don't know what, 15, 20 years. You know, they've, they made a couple of Super Bowls. They won a Super Bowl. Um, and took a bunch of their players away and then gave them back. Right. You know? <laughs> and so, like I can mentally be like, yes, okay, Dallas week. We're not talking about Eagles week. We're not talking about like, you know, Giants week. Giants suck, but and they've won two Super Bowls in the last 15 years, and yeah, no yeah. one's even talking about them. And yeah, they beat I, us just last week. That's right. Yeah. No, I'm my point. I, I personally I get more fired up. So the the flip side of that, and we sort of started off by talking about this, asking you, Chris, like, okay, what do people in Dallas think about about Washington, there was no team that picked Washington as the team that they cared most about. I think, if I remember correctly, I think the Cowboys picked the Eagles. Yeah. I think the Giants picked the Eagles. Hogshaven Readers picked the Cowboys, and yeah. no one picked Washington. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that translates into me having to listen to the radio broadcast because the nationally <laughs> televised games here, if the Eagles are on, I'll get to see it, even if they're not playing the Cowboys. If the yeah. Giants are on, I have a better chance. Yeah. When it gets later in the season and the, and the Washington football team is on, and it's that, one, it's that noon game here, 1 o'clock game there, there's hardly any chance it's going to be televised. I'm not going to advocate for illegal streaming in any way, but, you know. <laughs> All right, just put it in the comments. Do it. I, might, I might look it up. Well, so, so the reality is, is that I can't get mad at anybody for that. For the last yeah. 20 years, yeah. we have been mediocre. And, and, but not only have we been mediocre, minus the one season with RG3, yeah. we've been pretty boring to watch. And having those close games and having that excitement is what makes people have rivalries. Is when it goes down to the wire or something crazy happens. You play the Eagles, you play the Giants, crazy crap has happened. You play the Cowboys, crazy crap happens all the time. You play the Redskins, and especially with Jay Gruden and his vanilla offense and defense, it was like, eh, here we go again. And you can't, it wasn't this, this jive. I feel with Del Rio and, and, and with Rivera, that 
want and desire will, will be more. They're both football players, both great coaches, and I think that's going to happen more. So let that poll happen in five years. Sure. And hopefully whatever our logo is at the time will show up on whatever state it is. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it's all three. And all the three states can be like, oh, the Super Bowl champion, Washington, tagline here. Here we go. And, and then you'll see jerseys. You'll see jerseys everywhere, flags. Everywhere. And even in the DFW, there are tons of Washington fans. And they were I – I would see them all the time. They would be out and about, and we'd give the nod, and we'd give the fist pump. Gone. Or they're wearing – I don't know. What, what would it be an equivalent uh, Washington football team to a Marion Barber T-shirt? Maybe an RG3 T-shirt or a Cooley T-shirt. Schuler or Colt Brennan? Oh, right. Colt Brennan. Mm. Yeah, or Jason Candle shirt jersey. Oh, okay. So Slow, we're slowest we're, release of all time. We're uh, we're we're leaning into it. Let's talk a little bit about our second to what you're sipping on. Our favorite recurring segment. Um, we like to remember some guys. Like we're we're guy remembers around here. We don't have a name for this yet. We're gonna have to come up with one. Um, yeah. We're we're all about production values, okay? Um, <laughs> um, Chris, do you want to remember a guy? Well, well let, let me jump in. And the guy, somebody who you can't buy their jersey in the store, somebody who deserves to be remembered for who and what they've done sure. for this team back in the day. Yeah. You know, everyone's got the Rigo jersey, and we all love Rigo, but that's an easy one. Pick somebody who's not Jurgensen. Yeah, who's, who's not your, Rigo? Who's your who's guy not that, that you like to remember that other people wouldn't necessarily remember? Do you have one? So I would hands down have to go with the man, the legend, Mike Sellers. Mm-hmm. And fullback if fullback, H-back, special teams player, if, you, if you've done a little research on Mike Sellers, you'll realize that he went into professional football at 19 years old he went from to walla Canadian- walla community college yes I, went- I recall while well, that's that's like my one mike seller walla walla community college of course walla 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 he was an all-american linebacker mind you there went to the the cfl played uh running back slash fullback uh got all kinds of accolades and he signed with the redskins and immediately i was like who is this guy because I know that we talked about, there were a few guys like Brad Edwards brought up, like just someone that on the screen you see, no matter how good or bad the team is, you're like, wow, this guy brings it and he will play smash mouth multiple times on kickoffs, punts, whatever it would be. Mike Sellers would just destroy somebody. And then he got in the mix at H-back. He was catching passes. He was being a lead blocker. Made and- a pro bowl. He did make made a, a pro, made a Pro Bowl, and we lost it. Walla Walla Community College to the CFL, undrafted, signed to the. I think the first year was a practice squad, turned into a H back fullback for the Redskins. Got cut, went someplace for two years, came back. Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. then came yeah, back. Yeah, and he went. He went back to the CFL, and then came back to Washington. Like and made a Pro Bowl, <laughs> and made but, a Pro Bowl. But let, let, let me tell you my favorite, and 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 Chris, I. I I love this choice because I love Mike Sellers. The man, yeah, and I got another, I don't know what he did. Story, he I got another story about him on that watching a game that I want to fill in. Well, then you, you go through your story. It's not the same yeah, one. Go I, ahead. Tell the story. So there was a defensive back. I, 
believe his last name was Denton for uh, the Miami Dolphins. So as the story went, Mike Sellers went down on a kickoff and Denton cheap shot at him, like speared him. Went went, low. I think it was ribs, but he he hurt him. And he hurt him enough where he should have been out of the game. He broke something. I think he cracked a rib and, and he injured him pretty bad. The very next kickoff, you see Mike Sellers just, he did not, and I don't advocate for this, but he did not, he was not focused on who caught this kickoff whatsoever. <laughs> he focused in and lasered in on Denton and he destroyed him. And then after he absolutely destroyed him, he walked off the field and then the, the sideline reporters like, now Mike Sellers is out for the game. Yeah. <laughs> like he had, he had to get that done first. Like things like that and lead blocking and making uh, catches and getting first downs. I just respect the, the yeah. kind of dirty work. And didn't you meet him at an IHOP? Funny enough. Funny story enough. As those jerseys you can't buy in the store, I fortunately enough was gifted a Mike Sellers jersey. And there was a little soiree at a local establishment that was supposed IHOP. to have red <coughs> At a local establishment, and uh, after the soiree, I went to go eat, and there was the man, the legend himself, Mike Sellers, with who I would believe was his agent, definitely another, not another football player. And I was like, ah, oh, here's Mike Sellers. So I grabbed an IHOP menu, and I was like, Mike, can I get your autograph? Big fan. The other guy at the table said, no, 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 Mike doesn't do that. Mike had a huge smile on his face. He's like... Yeah, come over here. Let's do this. Yeah. Signed it, made it happen. Quick picture. You know, don't want to be like annoying to it. And then Mike Sellers paid for our meal. Wow. The man, the legend, Mike Sellers. And I had his jersey before that meal payment happened. So I was I, I was already in. Consider it an investment. He, yeah. That's a fantastic pick because like he was good. And like, I'm pretty underrated. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl. We, we mean, we talked about that, but like that, he was a, a leader. I, I listen. This is this is the Homer in me. I think he should be in the Ring of Honor. I really do think he should be in the Ring of Honor. Like, I, he, you know, like, and we'll, I, this is. A, we're gonna put a pin in this one because there are of the time that he was on the team, not so many guys who like you, you still feel really great about, like, you're like, yeah, like that guy was good and like fun and yeah. he was good and fun. And um, it's good to hear that he's a nice guy. <laughs> you're at least at a, a nice uh, in, interaction um, with Mike Sellers. Cool. Okay. That is fantastic. That, that puts me, you know, we talk about being fun and sexy and loose. Mike Sellers gets me fun and sexy and loose. That feels, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Unless, unless you're Denton from Miami, then it yeah. makes you feel hurt and um, eviscerated and sad that you even tried to challenge a man like Mike Sellers. And the guy was what? He was what? Six. He was between 5'11 and 6'1. Not, not tall. No. But he, and then he, he was, was thick. he was like 240. Like he was a thick dude. And they kept saying, they were like, oh, he's listed at 225. And then like every <laughs> announcer would laugh at that because he was just, he was like, just like, he looked like SpongeBob SquarePants. He's just he's very thick. Yeah. He'd come across and hit you on oh. the goal line, and everybody got hurt. This was and a he, true player. 
And he could do that, and he could catch out of the backfield. He could block, and he would make good blocks. He could run down the field on special teams. Like, I really think if we put him at linebacker, he would have been just fine. Like, no doubt. He's what the NFC used to be. Yes. Yes. They were going to hit you in the face. You knew they were coming. Do something about it. And that and goes back to that. That depth, not many people knew about him, but we knew about him and we had him, which also brings up Lorenzo Alexander, which... No, 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 don't don't, don't jump. You don't get two. You don't get two. Don't take it from other people. Sorry. He was like a multi-time pro bowl. I think, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Too good. Oh, yeah. All special teams. And we had him. Don't take... What mean? It it hurts. It hurts too much. It it does, but let's not... Don't take it all away from somebody else. (sighs) All right. Sellers. All sellers. All sellers. All sellers all the time. Chris, this was fun. I'm glad to, I'm glad you're able to stop by. I uh, appreciate you offering a little bit of perspective. Um, you're fighting the good fight down there in Dallas uh, or the Fort Worth, greater Fort Worth area. Um, uh, you know, I can't imagine it is easy to be a fan. I mean, as hard as it is to be a fan of the Washington football team in Washington, I can't imagine that it's m- that much easier in, in Dallas. So, uh, so appreciate you for it. Well, I appreciate you guys, and surprisingly enough, it's I want it to be more fun because when it's more competitive, it's way more fun. At this moment, not a lot of conversation going on about it, but I'm going to stick with our squad, and I'm going to see it through, and this is Dallas week, so if anything can come out of it, I want to be able to go to everyone, whether they're paying attention or not, and say, hey, we got you. No matter what happens this year, we got you this week. But before we end this lovely week and prepare yeah. ourselves for this victory here at Dallas Week, Chris, bro, man, let's say we were to have one last game in a venue that has been tried and true to all of us at the RFK Stadium. Would that be something you'd be interested in as a fan? Would I be interested in being in stands that are rocking? No, 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 we can't, we can't do the stands because it may fall apart on us. But yeah. would you be interested in the watching one last game at RFK? A million percent. I would tune in. I would be on it. I would get a T-shirt about it. Last game at RFK. I would love the nostalgia. And I think that the fans deserve it because, one, it is a sacred place. And, two, because FedEx Field is – FedEx Field, and we R-F-K. want to feel good about RFK. R-F-K. Yeah, I think we're on to something. to build a little R-F-K. bit of momentum. Let's do it. One more and Mike Sellers, can do, Mike Sellers can do the coin flip. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mike Sellers can go. bring in the flag like he used to, just hold the American flag. Yeah. Yeah, he okay. used to be the flag holder. It was awesome. I'm here for it. We're, we obviously are here for it. Um, Listen, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, put a little teaser out there if you're still with us. Um, highly recommend you pay attention. Refresh your, your feed wherever you're getting your podcasts. Uh, we're available in a lot of places. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the whole thing. Obviously, Hogshaven. Um, got a very special uh, episode coming up. Not from us. Tiffany Hoyd, Riled Up Podcast, has a very special guest coming on soon i don't want to steal her thunder i'm not going to tell you who it is i will tell you if you are a fan of this team you will be excited because it's a good get okay it's a good get so stay tuned bill who could it be 
Who could it be? I don't I'm know. not going to tell can, you. But but I know it's not Mike Sellers or Brad Edwards, but we want them on this podcast. So if you know either one of those two people. Yeah. If you know how to get in touch with Mike Sellers or Brad Edwards, please tell us because we have things we want to say to them. This is not one of them, too. So you have we've narrowed it down just a little bit. Stay tuned. We got we got good stuff coming. Um, Chris, again, thank you. Appreciate Gumby, it, fellas. Thank you. Uh, I we're keeping it. What I say? Sexy. Light and sexy. Fun. Fun and se- lots of excitement. Yeah, this was this was good. I'm I'm feeling rejuvenated. We'll see how we feel next week, but um, you know, whatever. We'll let it ride. It's that. So, uh, so for these two chuckleheads, this is uh, Brian Savage from Hogs Haven, and you have been listening to the Cult of Cult, the Cult of Cult, the Cult of Cult. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.